Welcome to the chalkboard, my fellow football nerds, for episode number 121 of Chalk Talk. I'm your host, Shane Half, and you can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at ShaneHalfNFL. I'm joined today by the best co-host in the game. You've heard him on the Tough Cover radio show. It is Mark Henry Jr. Give him a follow on Twitter at Mark Henry Jr. underscore. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I was in the mud today, um, as Shane knows, as our followers know. Um, with people uh, about Jalen Hurts, and it feel it feels like it got me, it got me into the into the right mood for football season. Like I'm officially back. Like I'm officially in the mood where we got a football game this week, and I'm excited for this draft. One of my favorite podcasts we do. Yeah, uh, football season. Mark is back, and I know it because he was arguing with people on Twitter all day today. <laughs> it was bad. We took up way too much of my time, um, but. Shane came in and defended me a little bit. That's as I as I tweeted. That's my co-host. That, that's my co-host, uh, as yeah. To would say. I've got, I've got his back most of the time. <laughs> yeah, most of the time. All right. Well, we're gonna get into it. We are drafting NFL award winners. We're gonna be going through MVP, offensive and defensive player of the year, offensive and defensive rookie of the year, coach of the year, first coach fired. And then at the end, we're each going to draft our five favorite over under win total. So we're going to track those separately to see who gets the most right uh, throughout the year. But I do have a crown to defend because I did win this exercise last year uh, by one pick over Mark. So it yeah, Mark's shaking his head. It's out there. You can go find it. So let's dive into it here. I'll throw this up on the screen. Um, We have listed here the top candidates at each of these along with their odds. The odds do not play into it here. It's just informational for you guys. It's just if you get the right pick, you get a point. So uh, we'll go from there. Uh, Mark, you said you had two guys you were really trying to decide between for MVP. And so how about I go first, and hopefully I'll take one of them off your plate for you. That's fair. Okay. So I am going to go with – I mean – I'm going with Patrick Mahomes until he doesn't win the MVP. If Patrick Mahomes is the MVP until he's not the MVP Uh, quarterbacks have won MVP 15 of the last 16 years. Every MVP has won 11 plus games. uh, And the QB of the one or the two seed has won each of the last 10 years. And Mahomes like the floor with Mahomes is like 11 wins being like, the two seed in the AFC. He checks all the boxes. So I'm going to take Mahomes number one overall. Yeah. The safety of Mahomes is makes him the number one pick. And I would have done that as well. Um, but my actual pick for MVP this year, biased as it may be, is the guy that I was arguing about all day on Twitter. And it's Jalen Hurts. I actually think his numbers will be better than they were last year because I think the Eagles will probably be in more close games, which means he'll probably have to pass a little bit more. He'll have a little bit more passing yards, a little bit more passing touchdowns, even if the rushing touchdowns regress a little bit. I don't think him being a factor in the running game will regress. Um, So Jalen Hurts is my pick for MVP. All right. So we go the two guys that finished one, two last year, uh, one, two off the board here. Now we are snake drafting these. And so Mark, you get the next pick here too. You get two in a row. I'm going to go with a guy that I think Shane might pick uh, here on the turn, uh, but I'm going a little bit farther down the odds than you'd expect, and I'm going with a little bit of a narrative, and I think this guy is going to take a leap this year. I look at last year as his actual rookie year. 
Um, because no, two, don't because, you do it. Because two years he was ago, literally number two on my list. He was number three for me. So I'm going with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, oh, Trevor man. Lawrence. If it wasn't for Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence would be my pick. Um, well, I, th- I think it's just because Mahomes is such a bull. Like, realistically, Mahomes is the safest pick. That's why he's plus 600. Um, and he's Mahomes. You know, he basically has a 50% chance of winning MVP. It's just what it is. But it's not fun to pick him. So if I'm going out on a legend not picking him for MVP, it's between Hertz and Lawrence for me. Um, I, I, I do. I, hey, I agree, Miss Chris. Uh, but Jalen is my pick. But Trevor is right behind him because I think Jacksonville is going to win 12 or 13 games. I've been very clear about that. I feel like I'm going to use this time to – I don't know if you've noticed this, Shane, but I feel like there's been a little bit in the podcast community, in the football Twitter community, a little bit of like a, a groundswell of like, oh, well, the Jags aren't actually that good. Like that roster is not that good. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Titans actually – win that division and they would have won it last year without injuries. I feel like no one is factoring in that Trevor Lawrence is one of the best quarterbacks in the world. And that means he's probably going to get better throughout his career. Like I expect Trevor Lawrence to be a lot better than he was last year. And I think Trevor Lawrence was like a top eight quarterback last year. I think he's got a chance to be one of the absolute best players on the planet this year. And Jacksonville with their schedule, with their coach, with their roster that I like more than I like their defense more than most, I think. Um, So I I really am high on Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville. And I don't understand this kind of narrative that's starting about the Jags. Yeah. Uh, Man, it gets me that you got Trevor Lawrence there. Uh, love that bet. Have money on that bet. I have money Ooh. on Lawrence plus 1,600. I think he's going to take oh, another God. leap. I think the Jags are going to be really good this year. Don't forget they add Calvin Ridley this year. So mm-hmm. um, so uh, Miss Chris here is tracking with your draft a lot more than mine. Says that Mahomes is not going to win the MVP. So uh, more on your side than mine so far. Let's see if I can turn that around here with my next two picks. So... I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to be pretty chalky here. Like Trevor Lawrence was my outside the box thinking guy, but I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to take Josh Allen. Josh Allen was unreal last year before his injury. I've posted this out before. We've talked about it on this podcast, top two in EPA and success rate in DVOA before the injury. And then the accuracy was gone. And I, I think, I think people remember how the season ended for the bills with, Josh Allen playing hero ball that maybe wasn't hero ball. Maybe he just couldn't throw an accurate underneath pass. That's certainly how they dialed things up. I think you get Josh Allen back this year. They went and they drafted Dalton Kincaid. Uh, I think Josh Allen has the potential to light up scoreboards this year uh, and hasn't won the award. Maybe this is the year that Josh Allen gets it. And then I'm going to stick in the AFC and I'm just going to go with the next chalky guy. And that's Joe Burrow. Those were four and five on my list. So I had Lawrence two, Hertz three. Uh, the Bengals offense is just good. I mean, Joe Burrow is an, he's, he's not like, he is not electric in the way that Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts are. He's just, he's always steady. He's always good. He's thrown to the best trio of wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, I like Joe Burrow's odds as well. So I'll go Allen and Burrow here and kick it back to you for two picks. So my two picks are based on offensive coordinator swaps, basically. Um, and my my first one is actually the guy I had fourth on my list above Allen and Burrow. So it's shocking, even though they have way worse odds, but I'm going with Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, 
I'm not even necessarily buying in on this. Um, I think there's a chance we're overhyping the offensive coordinator swap a little bit, but the upside with Lamar is that we've seen him win MVP before. Um, so you tweak that around a little bit. He's a better passer than he was when he won MVP. Um, so he maybe he gets a little bit less rushing stats than he did in his MVP year, but his passing stats will be a bit better. And it would take 12 or 13 wins from Baltimore, which I'm starting to talk myself in on Baltimore um, because I think I'm higher on their defense than consensus. So uh, I'm starting to talk myself in a bit on Baltimore in general. So Lamar Jackson is an easy pick for me there. And here's where it's tough. Um, my pick is between two Justins. By the way, hold on before you say this. We got a comment here at Lamar, but because of his new toy, Zay Flowers, I'm just telling you, if you play fantasy football, and I don't, but I love to make fantasy football team names, and I saw this one. If you have Zay Flowers and your team name is not April Showers Bring Zay Flowers. That's a pretty good name. You got to get get out of here. Go change That's it right a good now. Name. That's a good name. And I... So with my with my fourth pick here, I'm deciding between two dudes named Justin. Um, and, and to make it easy for Shane, I'll pick the one that's on the board there. Um, I'll take Justin Herbert. Um, here's my take. I think Justin Fields is actually the guy I want to pick, to be quite honest. I just don't think the Bears could be good enough to justify it. And also, a little twist here. As you know, I'm not a Justin Herbert guy. But... You know who is a Justin Herbert guy? The nerds like Shane, who vote on the MVP award, who all love Justin Herbert. So if he finally wins 10 or 11 games, and I said nerds lovingly, but if, if Herbert wins 10 or 11 games in the chart, or 11 or 12 games and the Chargers put up a lot of points, um, I'm sure there'll be writers jonesing to vert, vote for Justin Herbert because it'll get them a lot of points on football Twitter. Yeah. Uh- Justin Herbert's a good pick there. Those are the guys that were left on my list. I really wanted to pick uh, Lamar Jackson more so than Justin Herbert, but still, um, let's see. I don't, I'm not going to go Justin Fields. I'm trying to decide between two names here though, because the MVP is such a narrative award. And I think there's two narratives on this list that would be noteworthy. And one would be Aaron Rodgers having a down year after back-to-back MVPs, switching teams, getting the Jets to the playoffs and winning MVP again. The other is Tua, who led the league in EPA last year before he started getting injured, staying healthy and leading the league in EPA this year. I think both of those are good stories. Um, I think one of them is more likely to happen than the other, though. And so I'm going to take Tua as my fourth candidate Mm -hmm. here. If he stays healthy, we saw what the offense could be last year. He just got to stay healthy. I don't know if he can. If he does, it's an, it's a feel-good story that the media would like to you know rally behind. The guy gets knocked out of several games last year, comes back, and stays healthy. So I will take Tua for my last pick uh, to round out MVP here. I'm a little scared that Tua will get a little bit of like the, oh, the team's so stacked, like – that's Anyone fair. can play in that, like Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle. Like, uh, I'm a little worried. I, I would have went with Fields personally, just because I think there's so much. If they go nine and eight, it'll be because he does so much on his own. So Fields yeah. would have been. I, Fields is my top guy that didn't get drafted. I don't think either of us are buying in on the Rodgers thing, but he would have been ninth for me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair on the Fields thing. I just keep coming back to how often it goes to a quarterback of a one or a two seed. And I just don't think that's a ceiling for the bears. So I do expect a big leap from fields this year, but 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Got more comments rolling in. Fire Crew VR is in the chat. You guys keep the comments rolling in. Uh, we drafted MVPs. Mark, by the way, first for your favorite award, Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, boo, boo, terrible award. But by the way, we drafted seven AFC quarterbacks and Jalen Hurts in that exercise. <laughs> you yeah. have four. You have four AFC quarterbacks. Just to give people an idea why it's like, oh, the Eagles can't repeat in the NFC. No one ever goes back to the Super Bowl. That exercise is a good example of why it's quite possible, in my opinion. Um, I hate this award with a burning passion, Offensive Player of the Year. They should just formally say that MVP is a quarterback award and that Offensive Player of the Year is a non-quarterback player award. Um, That's what they should do, and it's stupid that they don't. Um, I'll take... Did you know in the last 10 years, four quarterbacks have won this award? Yeah, I think it's trending towards being a non-QB award. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not any time in the last four or five years, but. Yeah, I I think there was a time where they would just give MVP and offensive player of the year to the same guy. Like, I I feel like that, which is probably like by the letter of the, the law is probably the correct way to do it. But whatever, I actually do think that it is probably fair to recognize non-quarterbacks. So with the first pick, I'll take Justin Jefferson. I don't think I have to give much reason why he's the best non-quarterback on the planet. Is that, do you agree with that? Best non-quarterback? Probably. Uh, TJ Watts, the only guy that is close for me, honestly. Yeah. It's like, I I would have a consideration for edge rusher, but, but yeah, probably. Is the gap between Jefferson and the next edge, though, or the next receiver, higher than the gap between whoever you want to say Parsons and Watt? Yes, but so, that makes but me there's a lot more good receivers than there are good edge rushers. I think we're going to talk about that in Defensive Player of the Year. I don't know if I agree with that, but it's your pick. I'll let you go. All right. Did you know the last repeat offensive player of the year was Marshall Falk, who three-peated wow. in 1999, 2000, and 2001? So uh, Jefferson was actually not the number one guy on my board because I think like if he has a fantastic year this year, people are just going to be like, well, yeah, he did that last year. Yeah, that's um, fair. Although he was just number two on my board. So I didn't drop him very far. But the number one guy on my board is Christian McCaffrey. Um You saw what the 49ers offense did last year after the Christian McCaffrey trade. And I think that offense is going to run through Christian McCaffrey again this year. I think it's possible he ends up with a thousand rushing yards, eight, 900, maybe a thousand receiving yards as well. Uh, Especially, you know, what are the 49ers doing at quarterback? So I think that offense has to run through Christian McCaffrey. If the 49ers are good, it will be because of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, so I could see him having a good pathway to win this award. So he'll be my number one pick for number two. I'll go Jamar chase. Um, again, that's a pretty chalky pick. He is currently the favorite. I don't know that he'll have a better year than Justin Jefferson, but I think if they have similar years, chase will get the nod over Jefferson just because Jefferson won it last year. So uh, I'll go McCaffrey and chase. I'll take Tyree kill. I want to chase. Um, Hill's an easy one. Um, the impact he has is just insane. Um, and here's where I go a little bit off the board. Um, hmm, do I want to go off the board? I'm struggling here. I'm struggling. 
Um, no, you know what? I'll stay on the board. Give me Derrick Henry. Um, I don't love the pick, to be quite honest. Um, yeah, I don't love the pick. But if the Titans are good, it'll be because of him. And he's won it before. Um, so I'll go with Henry, even though I don't like it at all. I hate this award. <laughs> okay. I am going to go with uh, – give me Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson yeah. had 1,100 yards last year. He did it with Zach Wilson, Mike White, and Joe Flacco as his quarterbacks. This year he's got Aaron Rodgers. I think Garrett Wilson could put up some crazy numbers uh, at this position. So give me Garrett Wilson. And then I think this is the spot. I'm taking Justin Fields. If Justin Fields does the 8-9, and 9-8 nine, nine and eight thing with the Bears, like mm. we talked about at MVP, I don't think he wins MVP. But I think that's a place that they might give Offensive Player of the Year to a quarterback that did not win the MVP. His team wasn't good enough to win the MVP, but he wins Offensive Player of the Year anyways. So Garrett Wilson and Justin Fields for me. I like it. I like that call. Um, here, I'm going to go with a Cowboy, which doesn't make people happy. I'm going to go with Tony Pollard, and it's been my, my big uh, – my big – kind of fantasy take he was running back number eight in fantasy last year while missing three games zeke was rb 22 while missing three games um i think that there's a wide open and there's just a lot of carries available for tony pollard i believe he's plus 3500 if you want to fill that in but he uh i Mike McCarthy has spent the whole offseason saying they passed too much and you know they might have been number one in points, but it wasn't how they wanted to score them. Um, all he's said all offseason is how much he wants to run the ball. I think Tony they didn't add a second running back. The moment Zeke signed with New England, it was a huge moment for Tony Pollard. So um, I, I like Tony Pollard for sure as my last pick there. The one guy I was thinking about taking, and I maybe – would sub out for Henry at this point, but I'll, I'll leave it alone is Saquon. Cause if yeah, the Saquon Giants was on my list too, if the Giants are good, he's going to be such a huge part of it. Yeah. You know, am I allowed to sub out Henry for Saquon? Can I, can I change that pick? Sure. Do you know what his odds are? Uh, 4,500 actually. 4,500. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I have a giant anywhere on here. Wow. Yeah. You probably wouldn't. Saquon oh, would be no. the only one. Brian Brian Dable for outside shot for coach of the year. There we go. Okay, so we're subbing out Saquon here, uh, which Miss Chris says is a good move because there's too much wear and tear on King Henry. Uh, Fire Crew is liking your Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill picks. So let's turn the page here to defensive player of the year. Dang it, you get the first pick on this one, don't you? Oh, and that's, that makes me happy. I actually, if you would have asked me, what do I want first pick on more than anything else in the draft? It's TJ Watt. And you know that, you know how, you know how uh, I, the TJ Watt crusade I've been on um, this off season. They went eight and two in games that he played last year. And they went one and six in games that he missed. Um, and then if you look at that over a four year stretch, they are 36, 14 and one in the last four years when TJ Watt plays, I believe they're one in 10 when he misses it. I know it's not an MVP award, but I think TJ Watt is so clearly the most valuable defensive player in the world. And I don't think it's relatively close. Yeah. So this is a pass rusher award. Uh, eight pass rushers in the last 10 years have won this award. Uh, one cornerback, Stephon Gilmore in 2018, I think. Uh, so it's just hard to get the counting stats. If you're not a, if you're not a cornerback, 
linebackers racking up a lot of tackles doesn't seem to do it. It's all about getting sacks. So I'm going to take uh, the next two guys. I'm going to stay chalk here, but give me Micah Parsons and Miles Garrett. TJ oh. uh, TJ Watt would have been my number one pick, and then uh, Micah Parsons was number two on my list. TJ or Miles Garrett was number three on my list. But you with the first pick get Watt, so I'll go Parsons and Garrett. Um, I'll wrap around and I'll take Hassan Reddick. Uh, I know it's a little low on the list, a little bit of a homer pick, um, but uh, Hassan Reddick, I-, I think, why am I supposed to believe he's not going to be just as good as he was last year? If anything, Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis inside should help open up things for him on the outside and you can devote less attention to him. So um, Hassan Reddick's going to be my one pick there. And then here's where it gets tough because the easy pick is Nick Bosa, but is he playing? Like, I, I don't know mm-hmm. what's going on there. Um, so I'm going to go Max Crosby. Um, I, I'm going to go Max Crosby, even though I really want to take Bosa. All right. Max Crosby. Yeah. It's interesting with Bosa. Like you look at Donald, he's on a bad team. I just don't think, I don't think it's going to, that happens. I don't love taking a cornerback. You look at Chris Jones, who's in a similar situation. Like, is he going to play? Uh, if he does play and he racks up sacks, like that's impressive, more impressive at defensive tackle than it is at edge rusher. So I'm going to roll the dice here once and I'm going to take Nick Bosa and think maybe he'll start playing. And then I'm going to go down the board here and give me Brian Burns. Oh, uh, uh, You've talked about how good you think the Panthers defense is going to be. Uh, I'm, I'm a big Brian Burns guy. If the Panthers are good, it's going to be on the strength of a really good defense. And Brian Burns is the best pass rusher they have. So in the vein of taking pass rushers, uh, give me Nick Bosa and Brian Burns. Is that who you were about to take? Yeah, you can probably isolate that sound. That, oh, like I, I am disgusted um, by you taking Brian Burns there. I feel like you've disrespected Burns over the years. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see you've seen the light. Uh, he's an absolute stud. And I think Ajiro Evero is going to get the absolute best out of him. Um, I'm torn here. I'm torn between two guys because I thought I thought there was no way you were taking Burns. <laughs> um, hmm. I could go with Quinn and Williams, uh, and that's a that's a pretty easy pick to make right there with the the pub he's getting on Hard Knocks. Or I could go with a guy who's not on the board, but a guy that I'm a huge fan of in Matthew Judon. Um, and that's the, that's the tough call. I'm going to go with Quinn and Williams just because I think the jets will be more relevant than the Patriots this year. And Quinn and Williams is getting the shine on, on hard knocks. Um, so I, I'm going to go ahead and go with Quinn and Williams. All right. So that takes us to offensive rookie of the year. Uh, and I'm up first on this one. Uh, I'm glad because I don't know who I would take first. Yeah, so in the last 10 years, Offensive Rookie of the Year has had three receivers, three quarterbacks, and four running backs. Uh, I mean, I'm taking Bijan Robinson. I think I, I picked the Falcons to make the playoffs. Bijan Robinson might rush for 2,000 yards this year uh, behind that offensive line and the way Arthur Smith wants to play football and who their quarterback is. And if he does anything remotely close to – I mean, if he gets 16, 1,700 yards – I don't know how he's not rookie of the year. So it's chalk, but John Robinson, I think is the easy first guy off the board. I'll go ahead and take Bryce young. Um, He's the next guy up in odds. And 
I'm higher on the Panthers than most. I have them winning the division. So if they win the division, I feel like Bryce Young will probably uh, will probably get this even over Bijan. Even if Bijan puts up big numbers, I think a quarterback on a playoff team would would definitely help out. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and go a little bit low on the list, and I'm going to take C.J. Stroud at, at 10 to 1. Um, I think there's a chance we're underrating C.J. Stroud in general coming into this year. I, I said during the draft process, I thought he was the most polished. I thought he was the most NFL-ready. Ohio State plays a very pro system. Um, so I, I don't think there's a much of a transition. Um, he's in a Shanahan offense that should make things easy for him. He doesn't have a great supporting cast, uh, which – is bad because it hurts him in terms of putting up numbers, but it's good in terms of he'll get all the credit. It, it won't go to anyone else. Um, so I think there's also a chance for this is a fantasy thing and a real life thing that we're not considering that CJ Stroud. What if he just starts running more? Like we saw it in the Georgia game. He was running all over the place and he was using his legs, which seemed to be a weapon and coming into college. He was a dual threat quarterback prospect. Ryan Day turned him into a pocket passer and turned him into what he wanted him to be, which was an accurate guy from the pocket in a pro system. But I think there's a chance he gets to the NFL and uses his feet more. Um, and that could make him a little bit more electric than I think people are expecting. I could be wrong. Maybe it's something that he just uses his feet to move around in the pocket and he's just mobile enough to get around in the pocket. Um, but I think there's some upside to Stroud that people aren't considering. And it's some upside to the Texans that people aren't considering because of that. Yeah. You took two and three on my board. I went Robinson young Stroud uh, in terms of how I would have picked these guys as well. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take the other quarterback on the board and Anthony yeah. Richardson. If the Colts win eight games, it'll be because Richardson balled out because he doesn't have a top 50 receiver. He doesn't have a top 25 tight end. He doesn't have a top like 75 running back. Now that the Colts are, being stupid with Jonathan Taylor, like he's it. And he's a dynamic runner. Uh, he might be able to put up some highlight reels, uh, get the Colts to like seven, eight wins, and it might be good enough to get offensive rookie of the year. If the other quarterbacks don't do well, which is what this has to be bet on, because if a quarterback comes in and leads the team to the playoffs as a rookie, they're going to be rookie of the year, barring a like record setting campaign from Bajon Robinson. So it's a little bit hedging for those guys, but I'll take Anthony Richardson here. Who's the best skill player on young Stroud or Richardson's team? It's like Miles Sanders or Damian Pierce. Yeah. Who's the best receiver that plays? It's probably Pittman. Yeah. Uh, that's gross. That's how it's bad. I mean, think about who's the number one receiver on the, te the Panthers and Texans. They're probably the two worst receiving cores in the league. You have Adam Thielen who looked cooked last year. You had uh, you have uh, DJ Shark, who I like. Jonathan, Mingo, but he's already hurt. He's already hurt. Jonathan Mingo, a rookie who we weren't particularly high on for Carolina. Um, yeah. Terrace Marshall, who hasn't popped. Um, CJ Shroud has Tank Dell and John Mechie, who are basically two rookies. Um, he, he has uh, Nico Collins. Who, Nico Collins might be the best receiver on any of these three teams. I like Nico Collins. We haven't seen it a lot yet but there's a lot of people who are really high on Nico Pittman's the best one right now. Pittman caught like a hundred balls last year. Didn't the Titans did get Dalton Schultz, right? The Texans. Or, yeah. Sorry. I meant the Texans. Yeah. 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 The, the Dalton Not a receiver, Schultz, but he's an interesting one. I think there's a chance he might just not be all that good. He might've just been 
the a warm body and an offense that used the tight end. Yeah, like, that's I guess we'll see though. Yeah. Okay, so Anthony Richardson, and then I'm gonna take uh, my next pick here. I'm gonna go with Jordan Addison. Damn. It. There's a ton of targets vacated by Adam Thielen. Yeah. He's never gonna be the focal point of the defense with Justin Jefferson on his team. I think there's a chance Jordan Addison can put up a lot of stats as a rookie. Uh, in this Vikings offense. So give me Jordan Addison. Yeah, I had a stat here that I wanted to pull up. Of course, I'm taking forever to do so. Um, Basically, oh, I have it here. Adam Thielen ran the eighth most routes of the last decade in terms of last year. That's how many routes Adam Thielen ran. Every other player in the top 10 and routes run in the last decade finished as a top 12 wide receiver in fantasy. That is the slot Jordan Addison is now fitting into. Adam Thielen was the only guy who's ran the amount of routes he did last year who hasn't been an elite productive player at his position. That's uh, Addison just has a huge, huge spot to, to, to step into. If Bijan gets hurt or disappoints or the Falcons stink, and if none of the quarterbacks make the playoffs – Addison, I think, has by far the best chance of any receiver um, to win this award. But I'll go with Zay Flowers as my next off the board, another receiver, um, just because if he is, if he hits his ceiling and he's great right away, which we've seen a lot of rookie receivers be really good right away. Um, if Zay Flowers is really good, then he's going to be the first really good receiver Lamar's ever played with. And maybe Lamar and him could create some magic together if he hits his upside right away. So um, that's why I'm going to go with Zay Flowers. Um, and then with my last pick, I'll take Jameer Gibbs. There's rumors that uh, they want to use Jameer Gibbs as a downfield threat. Did you see that? I hadn't seen that. They want to use him as like their deep ball threat, apparently, they were saying, which I think just says something like, oh, yeah. Maybe you should have got a second receiver across from a Monroe. This good. This is, I can't believe I'm using the time I'm picking Jameer Gibbs to do an anti lions thing. Um, I'm starting to have feelings as we get closer to the playoffs that the, or closer to the season that I think the lions don't sniff the playoffs. Like I'm starting to think maybe they went seven or eight games. I have them projected for nine. I have them missing the playoffs just barely. I'm starting to think we are putting a lot of eggs in some baskets that are not that sturdy when it comes to the lions. It's like you're putting eggs in the Jared Goff being elite basket. You're putting eggs in David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs being as elite as Deandre Swift and Jamal Williams were last year. You're putting eggs in the either Jamison Williams comes back or someone pops up out of nowhere to be somewhat of a second option after Amon Ross St. Brown in this offense. You're hoping that someone pops up besides Aiden Hutchinson as a pass rusher on the defense. There is just a lot of questions with Detroit, and the closer we're getting, I'm getting more nervous. And that report that I saw with Jameer Gibbs just made me feel like, oh, yeah, maybe you should have got another receiver. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you should take receivers in the top 12, not running backs. So, all right, well – it was down to Jameer Gibbs or Jackson Smith and Jigba for me. So you decided that for me, I'll go JSN. Uh, he steps into one of the best situations in football in terms of the quarterback he's working with and the receivers that are around him. Uh, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba was the best receiver in this draft. I think he lands in a perfect spot. And I mean, I wouldn't bet him to go win offensive rookie of the year. Uh, I wouldn't but, bet any of these. Yeah. But 
I've got, yeah, I think, I mean, I think John Robinson's going to win it and I wouldn't bet a season long plus 300, uh, but I'll take Jackson Smith and Jigba to round out the board here. So, yeah, the only, the only odds I even somewhat like are the, are Stroud at 10 to one, but even that I, I don't like the Texans enough to go bet it. There's just too many options. Like I said, I love Addison. Bijan's an obvious option, three really good QBs. So yeah. Yeah. All right, well, let's go to Defensive Rookie of the Year. Mark, you get this one first. Uh, in the last 10 years, it's been six pass rushers, three cornerbacks, and one linebacker. Uh, who's your first pick for Defensive Rookie of the Year? Yeah, my first pick, I'm staying right here in Philadelphia, and I just Ooh. you know keep taking Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm taking Jalen Carter. Um, it's really close. You could tell me. it's. I am extremely confident that uh, the first that the defensive rookie of the year will be one of Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. I think you can lock that in. Um, I feel very confident in that. But um, Jalen Carter is just in the perfect situation. Um, they're going to use him a lot, I think. I think he's going to play a lot of snaps. And I think he's going to play snaps next to some of the best defensive linemen in the NFL um, to a point where the offensive lines are not going to be able to focus on him. Um, the reports out of training camp with him are just – out of this world. I, I just can't get over the fact that the Eagles almost won the Super Bowl, came plays away from winning the Super Bowl, and then went ahead and were able to add, you know, 1A or 1B in the best player in the draft. I mean, that's just, it's just unbelievable. I know that, you know, that's not breaking news. We, we know that that happened. We covered it six months ago on our, on our draft shows. But it's just crazy to think about now that we're this close to the season that that's what happened this offseason. So I'm going to go with Jalen Carter just because of the situation. All right. So I puts me up on the clock here. Who would you have taken first? Uh, I would have taken Will Anderson. I had Anderson okay. one, Jalen Carter two. So uh, I think uh, a lot of times there's a, a little bit of an on-ramp to be a good interior pass rusher in the NFL uh, on average in the last 10 years first round defensive tackles of average, like 2.3 sacks. Only three guys have gotten over five sacks. And I think you got to get sacks to probably have a shot to win defensive rookie of the year. And while I think Carter's really good, you've also got Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat. There's so many guys to steal those sacks away. So it can work both ways. Maybe people are focused on other guys and it gives you opportunities, or maybe you're winning and other guys are just winning faster. So, um, but whichever one you took, I would have been happy to take the other. So, I'll take Will Anderson here. Uh, and then for my second pick, uh, I'm going down the board a bit. And I think you're going to hate it, Mark. But I'm taking Jack Campbell. Oh, I think, is that because you hate it or because you wanted him? I don't like it. Don't like it. Jack Campbell shouldn't have been anywhere near a first-round pick, but he's a big athletic off-ball linebacker playing behind a bad defensive line that gets run on all the time. Like, I think Jack Campbell is just going to have like 140 tackles this year, and he may not even be a good player, but there's nobody there. The defensive line in front of him is bad. I think he's just going to make a lot of tackles and he might rack up enough tackles that he just gets defensive rookie of the year. So Jack Campbell is my second pick. I'm going to be quick here with my second and third pick, and I'm going to go with two corners who have been incredibly impressive um, in training camp, apparently. And, both are looking like they're going to be starters uh, and both have been going up against good receiving cores and apparently holding their own. I'm going to go with Joey Porter jr. Uh, of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who was my CB one. 
And then I'm going to go down. I'm going to go up the odds list a bit, but go down my draft list a bit to see before. He knew right away. He knew I was going with Emmanuel Forbes. He knows that I'm an Emmanuel Forbes guy. He's got the ball skills to make this happen. That's the main reason I like this Forbes thing. He could have five or six picks, and that'll sway the voters a bit. Although I will say Tariq Woolen did that, and it didn't sway the voters. But the counter argument to that is I'd say Tariq Woolen probably would have won Defensive Rookie of the Year in like 98% of the years, but Sauce Gardner happened to be the best corner in football right away. So um, Tariq Woolen got jobbed out a bit there. But um, I think Emmanuel Forbes could have a Tariq Woolen-like year. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also, I mean, Tariq Woolen was a day three pick and name recognition is a lot. Yeah, this is a one year window like name recognition means a lot. This typically goes to like top half of the first round guys. So I'm not even sure. Maybe Tariq Woolen would have won last year without Sauce Gardner. I'm not even convinced that's the case. So, wow. Um, yeah, there's really nobody left on the board that I particularly like. Like I love Nolan Smith major questions about how much he's going to play. Yeah. I don't think Tyree Wilson or Lucas Van Ness are anywhere near ready to make an impact. And then you're out of pass rushers. You're looking at cornerbacks and I don't love taking cornerbacks here, but I'm going to go Christian Gonzalez. Uh, Christian Gonzalez was my CB one in the draft. Um, I think he's hyper athletic. He's playing for Bill Belichick. He's going to get really good defensive coaching. Uh, so maybe Christian Gonzalez can be a part of a you know, top five Patriots defense that plays way better than the sum of its parts. And Christian Gonzalez comes away with some interceptions off of that. So I'll take Gonzalez there. And then, man, I, I really don't like anybody that's left. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to go Witherspoon. Uh, their, their defense was really bad last year. Witherspoon now up there opposite Tariq Woolen, you would assume. I don't know. Who do you test? Do you test the day three guy that had an epic rookie season or do you test the first round pick i don't know but devon witherspoon will be my last pick to round it out here so mark what's that do uh what's that do to your board here i'm struggling i'm between two two names here hmm i'm gonna go with tyree wilson um i was a bit higher on wilson than you were um and there are reports that he's learning a lot from crosby and um, he's been a lot, he's been kind of a quick learner in training camp. So um, I'll go with Tyree Wilson. All right. So that ends that one. That brings us to coach of the year and Mark, you are up first for coach of the year. Um, oh, never mind. I don't have any background for this one. I thought I had background about who's won this, but I don't. So you're up. I want to get how many times this guy's won this year. Um, everyone knows that I've been high on the Steelers all off season. Um, and Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin has never won coach of the year. Wow. That's shocking. Never. That means he's going to win it this year. <clears throat> People are going to talk about that and be like, how's that possible? We all love him. He's the best coach. And I think the Steelers are going to win 11 or 12 games. I think they're going to be really good. And I don't think people are expecting that. So Mike Tomlin will get credit for that. All right. So, Mike Tomlin, I don't know, been around a long time, almost too long to win the award. It seems like this Maybe. award goes to a first-year head coach whose team makes a leap. Uh, so I think you look no further than who was the biggest disaster of a head coach the year before. Uh, you go from Joe Judge, I mean, obviously Urban Meyer, but Doug Peterson should have won it, but you go Joe Judge into Brian Dable. Brian Dable wins the award. 
I'm looking at you, Nathaniel Hackett. Give me Sean Payton for coach of the year. Yeah. I mean, you telling me that if he's able to, even if they don't make the playoffs, if he's able to resurrect Russ's career and they look competent, that people aren't going to be falling out of their chairs to give Sean Payton all the credit. It comes from the media. All the media is going to pull for this guy. So Sean Payton is my number one pick here uh, for coach of the year. And I'm, honestly, I'm, I am shocked that that wasn't your guy. I thought for sure you were going to take him. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm all aboard the Mike Tomlin bandwagon with the Steelers this year. But I have the Broncos at 9-8. and eight. So it's hard for me. I feel like he'll get credit, but it'll be like he won't get coach of the year if they go 9-8. and eight. Like I just think it's going to be tough for them to win 11 or 12 games like I have the Steelers winning. All right. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So I'm going to go second here. A team that I think is going to win their division, and I think they're going to do it with a late round quarterback that's essentially a rookie in Desmond Ritter. Give me Arthur Smith mm. for the Falcons. I think the Falcons make the playoffs this year. If you make the playoffs with Desmond Ritter as your quarterback, you are deserving of coach of the year, even though you're not a first year head coach. Uh, so give me the Falcons, Arthur Smith here at plus 1400. I think it's a lot more likely he gets fired than he wins coach of the year, which <laughs> isn't, which isn't his fault, by the way. I just don't buy the Falcons. Um, I'm going to go with two old guys here. Um, it's surprising. I'm not going kind of the, the, the direction you'd think, but I'm going to go with Doug Peterson because I think there's a chance that the Jags win 13 or 14 games. And I think if that's the case, I think people will be blown away. Um, and I think they'll give Doug that credit. Um, and then my other name, hmm, I'm debating whether or not I want to do it. Um, I'm going to go with Pete Carroll. Uh, I'm going to go. So with you're Pete not Carroll. debating. Just pick Pete Carroll. Yeah. Yeah. My, the reason I'm debating is because no one ever wants to give him any credit. No one, no one likes Pete Carroll. So uh, I think uh, I, I don't know if the writers would vote for Pete Carroll. Um, but if the Seahawks are the one seed, like I'm projecting, he'll be a candidate. All right. Yeah. Uh, good picks there. I think Doug, Doug Peterson was robbed last year, uh, but now he's got a good team. I don't know. I don't know if he gets it or not, but uh, if the Jags go win 11, 12 games, if the Seahawks win 11, 12 games, like you are talking about, those guys are probably really good candidates. They were up there on my list. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go with D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans walking into Houston uh, where he's got, he's following up. I mean, this is historically bad over the last few years for Houston. They make the splash in the draft. They get C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. You're telling me those guys are in rookie of the year running conversation and D'Amico Ryan's not in coach of the year conversations. They don't have to make the playoffs. But they do have a weak division. And you get seven, eight wins with a first-year quarterback as a first-year head coach. I think people are going to notice. I think everybody loves D'Amico Ryan. So I think he is a solid pick here. And then for my next one, it's tough. Um... I don't love anybody that's left on the board. I'm going to go with – I'm debating between two guys in the same division right now. I'm going to go – I'm going to go with – shoot. I'm going to go with Matt LaFleur. Hey, you're flying all the way in on Green Bay. You should go with LaFleur. Yeah, I picked – I was trying to think if I should diversify this, but I picked Green Bay to win the division. If they do that – Without Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur is finally going to get the credit that I think he deserves. Uh, so give me LaFleur and the Packers. So I'm. you have to go back to 1982 and 1983 to find what I'm going to say is going to happen here. 
1983, Joe Gibbs won back-to-back Coach of the Year awards. Um, and you have to go back before that, 1967 and 1968, where Don Shula won back-to-back Coach of the Year awards. Some guy named Ali Sherman won back-to-back Coach of the Year awards in the 60s as well. Um, and he was a New York Giants coach. And I'm going to go to another New York Giants coach to win back-to-back Coach of the Year awards, and it's Brian Dable. The reason that I think it's not that ridiculous is because I was just – so, Shane, I, I just did a, a fantasy draft on uh, Trilbro Dude I, I do content with. Um, he's a Sixers guy, but they did they did a fantasy football draft. Um, so I helped run it, and we were, we were talking about – you know, some of our takes this year, and I was talking about how I'm higher on the Giants than consensus and how I think that they're just about even with Dallas. You would have thought that I said the Arizona Cardinals were going to win the Super Bowl. People think the Giants stink. They think there's no way they win eight games. Like, they think last year was an entire fluke, and there's no way they'll be even relevant. So if Dable does what he did last year, people are going to be shocked, I think. Like, that's how that's how much people are expecting them to regress. So that's why I'm going to pick them. All right, good good pick there. Good pick. Uh, the other guy I was debating was Dan Campbell. I don't necessarily think the Lions are going to be great, but I think there was a lot of love for Campbell last year. How they ended the year. If they make it into the playoffs this year, I think there's a good chance he could win the award. But I didn't pick him to make the playoffs, so I'm not going to pick. I'm not going to pick Campbell here. I had Frank Reich, um, but I think there's a chance he wins that division at like seven and ten. So they, they wouldn't give him that credit, even if he goes eight and nine. I don't know if they'd give him that credit. And then Eberflus, I have it eight and I, I have it eight and nine, the Bears. But if the Bears do well, um, going from first pick to the playoffs could get Eberflus some credit. Um, but I just don't believe in him. So it's hard to pick him. All right. Comment here from Miss Chris. Sorry, I can't keep eyes open. I'm tired. Good night. Thanks for joining the show. You can catch the rest of it on archive. We'll have it out uh, on podcasting platforms tomorrow and obviously to be on YouTube right after this ends. So that brings us to our last award we're drafting, Mark. It is first coach fired. You get the first pick here, Mark. Look into your crystal ball. Who's going to be the first coach that gets fired? First coach fired, I'm going to go with Ron Rivera, um, which I, I don't know if the commanders would do that. The, I guess my reasoning is if they stink, it's not their guy. Like, it's a new ownership. Um, he wasn't hired by them, so I'm going to go with Rivera. Right. Yeah, and they've got Eric Bienemy already in-house that could be their guy, their interim head coach and all that. Uh, I'm going to go Todd Bowles. I think the Bucks are going to be a disaster this year. Baker Mayfield, your starting quarterback. We really don't need to say more than that in 2023. Uh, but the offensive line is not very good. We know that they're going to be overly committed to running the ball, and it's not going to work. And Baker's not a very good quarterback. And I just think that the Buccaneers are probably going to be a disaster this year. I think Bulls should have been fired last year. I think they – are going to realize that and make the move early in this season. So Bowles is number one for me. Number two, there's two different guys I want to go here. Uh, I'm just going to pick one and see if the other guy makes it back to me. Give me Kevin Stefanski. Oh, that's who I wanted. Yes. All right, I picked right then. I think the Browns are also not going to be very good. I think Deshaun Watson might not be very good. And when it comes down to it, you tethered your franchise to Deshaun Watson. And so if it's not good, Kevin Stefanski's gone. And I think that's the likely outcome. So Stefanski goes, I think, early in this season. 
And there's already been rumors that there's been some friction there and Watson doesn't like the offense he's running and all that stuff. So I think Stefanski, I, I was actually debating picking him first. I had him second. Um, I, I probably should have picked him first. Um, but I'm going to go with Josh McDaniels uh, w- with my next pick. I would have preferred Stefanski, but um, similarly, there's already kind of buzz going on that they feel like they messed this up. So I'm going to go with McDaniels. My next one, I'm going to go with McDaniels is the other guy I was debating on, by the way. He's going to look great yeah. as the Patriots offensive coordinator next year. <laughs> I like that. Or No, no, no. They've already got an offensive coordinator. Maybe Bill will do the same thing and he'll make the Josh this defensive coordinator. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I like that. He could be the co-OC like Judge and uh, like Judge yeah. and Patricia were. Um, I'm going to go with Dennis Allen. Um, I'm low on the Saints. Um, and I think there's a chance in the NFC South that a team could be like four and seven and feel like, oh, if we fire our coach, maybe we can make the playoffs. So I, I have a chance. I, I My fourth pick might be along the same lines, but I'm going to go with Dennis Allen. All right. I, I really don't feel like there's anybody else on this list that is likely to get fired like midseason. Um, so with all that said, I'm just going to go with the unhinged owner and I'll take Mike McCarthy. Like, I don't I think, think they McCar- love each other. I think they yeah. love each other too much. Yeah, and, and it took forever for them to get rid of Garrett. And I really think the only way McCarthy goes is continued, uh, sustained lack of success in the playoffs. But at the end of the day, I look at these other teams, and I just don't think any of them have an owner as unhinged as Jerry Jones that might get a call in on a radio show and <laughs> somebody be like, you should fire Mike McCarthy. And he might be like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea and just do it. So I don't know. I really don't think anybody else on this list is likely uh, to get fired early, but uh, I'm going to go with another guy here that he's not on the list. I really don't think he's going to get fired because this team's blatantly tanking and they tampered to get this coach. They literally cheated the system, broke NFL rules after, and then watched this guy give up historic offensive performances in the Super Bowl, and they still <laughs> hired him anyways. But I think it's possible that they just realize maybe they've already realized like Jonathan Gannon's a joke and you see like the social media content they're putting out. And I said this the other day, like if somebody followed me around with a camera all day, they could find like a two minute, two minutes worth of footage to make me look like a total doofus. This is the Arizona Cardinals social media team. And that's what they put out and it's atrocious. Maybe it's the best they've got. Maybe they're already like, yeah, we messed up. We need to make this guy look dumb so we can fire him after six weeks. I don't know, but I'll take Jonathan Gannon. You got some fire in your gut? <laughs> um, I, I don't know what his odds are, though. Do you happen to have those? No, I don't. I don't. I didn't see those odds. I'll, I'll plug them in later. I am split between Arthur Smith here. Um, just because I think same thing as the Saints, they could be four and seven and feel like they have a chance. Um, I'll go with Arthur. Smith. I'll go with Arthur Smith. The name that I will throw out there as a possibility is one I thought about is Robert Sala because it is such a win now window and expectations are so high. If they started like one and four, is there any chance Aaron Rodgers would like force him out of town? I, I don't know. Yeah. So by the way, are we drafting Super Bowl winners as well? You know, I think we were supposed to, and I didn't. Yeah, put it on yeah, here. <laughs> I think we were supposed to. <laughs> yeah, well, we got some time. We can do it. Uh, I was just going to point out. I think it's funny that the only overlap we have is I have Arthur Smith as coach of the year, and you have him as first coach fired. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't love the pick. I don't think it's very. I don't think it's very likely. All right. Do we want to do Super Bowl winners and then come back to over under win totals? Yeah, yeah. We can we can wing it with uh with the graphic later on. Okay. Let me just just clear this and we'll put in the team names and I can look up the odds and stuff later. So yeah, for sure. Oops, I did that wrong. Uh, you're up first. You get first pick. I'll straighten this out while you uh, make your first pick here. Yeah, I'll go with the Philadelphia Eagles. And I know that I think Kansas City's probably the right pick, but the AFC is a lot better than the NFC. And my number three through five and then my eight through ten are in the AFC. Uh, so there's just more more contenders, in my opinion, in the AFC. So I'll go with the Eagles. All right. Yeah, I mean, that's – that's the that's the obvious first pick there. Uh, it's it's got to be the Eagles. Uh, I was trying to look up. You know what their odds are? Um, I I think it's around six fifty or seven hundred, depending where you're looking. Let me pull. Okay. It. I'll have it. I'll, well, don't worry it about it. I'll I'll pull it up later. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna take the Chiefs. Uh, but you can insert your stat about and with, with Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback you've got what an 80% chance to make the conference title game a 60%. 100% yeah whatever the stat is uh, as long as Patrick Mahomes is under center the Chiefs have a really good shot so uh, I'll take the Chiefs for my first pick and then I'm going to go to the Bills I mean I had Josh Allen as MVP as one of my MVP picks for the same reason that I had him as an MVP pick I'll take him I'll take the Bills as a Super Bowl winner as well yeah, the Chiefs are plus 600, the Bills are plus 900, and the Eagles are plus 800. Um, so, yeah, the Bills are, are definitely up there on my list. They uh, would have been one of my two picks here. I'm going to surprise some people and go a little bit far down the board here and go all the way down to to 30-1 to 1 plus 3,000 and go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ooh. I think they have a wide-open path. Uh, to making the the you know the AFC championship with the fact that they're going to get like five free wins it feels like in their division at least so uh, I I just feel really good about them making it there because of their division and then with my other pick uh, I'll stick in the AFC and I'll go with the Cincinnati Bengals um, who are fifth in odds and you can find them uh, around ten to one at plus one thousand. Okay, Bengals. Bills, Chiefs, Jags. Um, who do I want to take next? I'm gonna go. Give me the Baltimore Ravens. I think there's a chance that Lamar lights it up this year, kind of like we talked about earlier. Uh, I think the Ravens are a good team. I think if Lamar stays healthy, he's happy now in his contract. Um, I, I think they could be a team that could make a run. It looks like they're at about 18 to one odds. And then I'm going to go, I, I need an NFC team here. I don't have a single NFC team on my list. I know the Cowboys are the second favorite team in the NFC. I have no faith in the Cowboys to win a playoff game uh, the 49ers are probably actually the 49ers are probably ahead of the Cowboys. Yeah, they are. I got no faith in the 49ers. They got no quarterback. Uh, so I'm going to go down the board and I'm going to steal one of your favorite picks, oh. Seattle Seahawks. Give me the Seahawks at 35 to one to win the Super Bowl. I that's, that's frustrating. That, that would have been my pick there for sure. Oh. That's that absolutely would have been my pick. Um, I'm going to go down. 
I, I'm going to go up the board. I mean, and take the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I'm not happy about it at all. Um, but I think they're clearly the the best one on the board. Uh, if I, if I, you know, if I didn't want to take the Niners, by the way, we took my top eight. The, these are my top eight ranked teams in terms of the best chances to win the Super Bowl. Um, Pittsburgh would be next up for me. They're all the way down there at, at, you know, depending on where you're looking, 45 to one on some 50 to one, 66 to one on, on one. Um, and then I would have taken a look at the jets who are around 16 to one or 18 to one, depending where you're looking. Um, but I had to go with the Niners. I'm happy. I had a uh, two NFC two AFC here. Yeah. I remember last year when we did this, I can't remember exactly how it worked out, but one of us picked entirely AFC teams and one of us picked all NFC teams. I think you went all AFC and I went all NFC. Okay. Cause I think you got the chiefs, which helped you win. Yes. All right, so that takes us to drafting our favorite over-under win totals. We're each going to take five of these. We cannot repeat, but we could take opposite sides of a team yeah. over and under. So I looked all these up on FanDuel today. These are the current over-unders and the odds. Uh, and I, let's see, you had first pick this time around, right? Yeah, I, I picked the Eagles first, so you go first this time. Okay, so I've got the first pick. Did we get off somewhere? Oh, no, no, we didn't. Okay, anyways, so I've got first pick here. I'm going to go to a team that is just going to be bad. They're going to be awful. I'm going to take an under here. They've only got three good players, and one of them has a bad back and a bad elbow. One of them is almost retired for a few years. The head coach is almost retired for a few years, and the third good player is going to see a hamstring specialist. And, by the way, he's a receiver. So things are not looking good for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, give me the Rams if I can find them on my thing here. I know they're under six and a half. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. Rams under six and a half at minus 134. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. It would have been my number two pick. Uh, my number one pick, I'm going with the Cleveland Browns under nine and a half. Um, I'm very high on Cincinnati. I'm very high on Pittsburgh. I'm growing higher on Baltimore as we get closer to the season. The closer to the season we get, the more disastrous, the more disastrous I think the season could be for the Cleveland Browns. So give me under nine and a half. I think Stefanski might get fired as we just discussed. So I love that. And to keep the, you know, the positive vibes going, I'm going to go with a third straight under um, to start the draft here. And I'm going to go with one. that's probably not my third pick, but because I think Shane's going to take it. I'm going to take the Saints at under nine and a half at minus 140, which you can get for better odds at other places, as I can attest to. Yeah, the Saints were definitely on my list here. Uh, but I'm going to go. Hmm. I'm going to go to another team that I hate, uh, <laughs> another team whose coach that I picked to be fired. Like you said, we'll keep the positive train rolling here. Give me. The Buccaneers under six and a half. I think there's a good chance this team stinks. I think there's a good chance they're dealing wide receivers at the deadline. Uh, Mike Evans has already said he's going to cut off negotiations. I think it's like Friday or something. Uh, I think there's a good chance they're firing head coaches and dealing guys at the deadline. So give me Tampa under six and a half. And then finally some positivity here. Mark, do you know when the last time Mike Tomlin won less than eight games oh. in a season was? Yeah, it doesn't exist. It, it's never happened. 
Now, technically, he could win eight games and not hit the over eight and a half. But, I mean, that's a thin line to walk. I, I love the Steelers. I know you love the Steelers. Steelers over eight and a half. Love that month. Love that bet. And they've won nine in the two years that there's been 17 games. So yes. that does help. Yeah. All right. That puts you on the board here for two. Um, what is the number that you have for the Seahawks? Seahawks are eight and a half. Yeah. Give me the Seahawks at over eight and a half. They have four free wins against the Rams and the Cardinals. So you're just asking them to go five and eight throughout the rest of their schedule. So give me the Seahawks at over eight and a half. And then what number do you have for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Jaguars are nine and a half. All right. I'm going to go with the Jags then. Give me the Jags at nine and a half. Um, I think that's another division bet here. Just I don't think that division's any good at all. Right. That puts me back on the clock. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to go negative again. A team that I hate, it's the Raiders. Uh, I'm going to take the Raiders under six and a half. Uh, like, like we talked about earlier, McDaniel, I think, was a mistake. Jimmy G is a mistake. Uh, Jimmy G will not stay healthy in this offense. I don't. I think this could be a disastrous year for the Raiders. So I'll take the Raiders under six and a half. Then I'm going to end on a positive note, unless you're an Eagles fan. Give me the New York Giants over seven and a half. Wow, I think, I think the Giants are going to be a good football team this year. Kind of like they, I mean, I don't think they're going to compete for the division, but I think they're what we saw last year was not a mirage. Brian Dable's a good coach, and they strengthen the offensive line. And you get, uh, you know, you get Kevon Thibodeau in his second year, and they get Deontay Banks, a guy that Wink Martindale's going to love. So I think the Giants, you know, they play in the toughest division in the NFC, but the conference as a whole isn't that hard. So give me the Giants over seven and a half. I like that pick. It would have been my pick here. Um, you stole a couple from here with the Rams, the Steelers, and the Giants. Um, but I'm going to go with a, with a boring one, and I'm going to go with a risky one. But I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs over 11 and a half. Um, if you look at the five years of Mahomes' career, 12 and 4, 12 and 4, 14 and 2, 12 and 5, and 14 and 3. And I believe that that one 12 win season. One of those three 12 win seasons was with him missing three games. Um, and I think he's missed the game a couple times throughout those times. So um, I just don't see them winning less than uh, less, less than 12 games under any circumstances. All right. So Chiefs over 11 and a half. So uh, our over under win predictions. I went Rams under six and a half, Bucks under six and a half, Steelers over eight and a half, Raiders under six and a half, Giants over seven and a half. Mark went. Browns under nine and a half saints under nine and a half Seahawks over eight and a half Jags over nine and a half chiefs over 11 and a half. And I really, I, I really, really strongly considered the commanders uh, under six and a half. That would have been, that would have been the next one on my list. Okay. The next one on my list would have been the Cardinals under four and a half. Yeah. That would have been the next, next one on my list. <laughs> that, that's, that's one I have bet, but you know, there's no discount. Maybe Kyler Murray comes back and he and plays, and I don't That's know. I, they're yeah. just a mess. So, uh, but I do have money on them under. Actually, I took my I put money on them under two and a half at boosted odds in case they're just a total Ooh. train wreck. I like that. But all right, so that is going to wrap this episode up. We will be tweeting these graphics out throughout the week. You guys can let us know what you think. 
who you think is going to win. And then we'll revisit this at the end of the season once we have some final results. So and that actually didn't take as long as I thought it would. I thought I'm drafting shocked. nine different things. I thought this was going to end up being like the two hour podcast. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. This is uh, only an hour long. I thought that was going to go way longer. Yeah. Yeah. Same. So, all right. Well, Mark, that wraps up this show. Uh, do you got any final thoughts? Uh, <laughs> what do you got going on? Tell the people where they can find you. The floor is yours. Yeah. You can find me at Mark Henry junior underscore on Twitter and you can, uh, check out the tough cover radio show every Saturday um, on the Fox sports, the gambler, iHeartRadio. radio. Um, it's going to be really fun this week. Full college slate on Saturday, full NFL slate on Sunday. So um, a lot to go over. It's going to be jam packed on that show. Uh, but real quick, I want to use my final, my final, uh, you know, little segment here to talk about Steven Ruiz and to talk about Benjamin Solak and to talk about the ringer um, because I think what Steven Ruiz is doing is gross um, in terms of the engagement farming. And I think that the people like Ben Solak that retweet that and promote that uh, with his QB rankings that, that he put out strictly to annoy certain fan bases for engagement. Um, I think it's shameful. I don't think it's, you know, what journalism is supposed to be in any shape, form or fashion. Um, And I the the big J journalists that are in my mentions now defending it. It's just an absolute joke to me um, that anyone can sit here and try to argue that Matthew Stafford being ranked above Jalen Hurts in the year 2023 is an acceptable sports opinion. I mean that we're getting that's getting promoted on like a national level, and all these writers are going to go out and retweet that and promote that, and people are just supposed to be fine with it. Like I. What Steven Ruiz is doing is bold-faced. It's obvious. We all know what it is. It's Skip Bayless. It's hot take. It's blowhard. You know, we've seen it. And you know what? I'll give him the respect because two years ago, I didn't know who he was. And now I do. So I guess it worked for him. You know, I know his name. It's a shame that that's how media works. That's how sports media works. And it's a shame that that's how the ringer works. But I know him because he's had bad takes. And I know him because of that. Um, so I guess it worked for him. The disappointing part is people like Ben Solak who go and promote that, even though they know better and they know what it is. Ben Solak knows what it is. And his partner on his podcast, Shil Kapadia, didn't retweet that article. Didn't go and quote tweet that article. So I, I think Ben Solak was being a company shill for the ringer, which is disappointing because he's a guy who I used to be a big fan of. Um, and I've seen it happen to other guys at the ringer that have been co-opted into doing what the ringer wants to do. And I think the ringer has been incredibly negative to sports discourse, uh, more so in basketball, but now in football as well uh, over the last five to 10 years, which is a shame because I'm still a fan of Bill Simmons and I'm a, I was a huge fan of Grantland, which I think did a lot of great things for sports discourse in this country and writing in sports in this country. But I, I think the ringer has just become one of the, the hot take blowhard blogs that there are many of. Yeah. It's unfortunate to see, but I mean, it gets what it's after. Like uh, when I checked earlier this afternoon, that tweet had like 2 million impressions. Yep. When you and I did our quarterback rankings, a few people talked about it for a day because they were legitimate, not clickbaity and hot takey. 
and designed to inform that engagement. And I mean, this isn't just a, this isn't just a Eagles podcaster that it takes umbrage with Hertz being ranked 10th and thinks he should be ranked second behind Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I had Hertz fourth on my list. I don't remember where you had him on your ranking list when fourth. we did it. Yeah. Fourth. So we both had him fourth. I have no, I have no issue. I mean, I would disagree with you, but you can put Hertz as low as eighth mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have a problem with it. I, I would debate it with you, but I would respect the opinion. You lose me when you put Dak Prescott to a smaller degree, you could make an argument for it. And Matthew Stafford, who is 35 years old, has a bad back, is coming off of an elbow injury, was horrific last year, wasn't that good in the Super Bowl year. On this podcast, we were talking about in the lead up to the playoffs how he has to stop turning the ball over or they don't have a chance. He threw like eight interceptions in the last three or four weeks of the season. Uh, he threw an arm punt to Jaquiski Tart in the NFC Championship game that if Jaquiski Tart catches, yeah, there's nine minutes left in the game. That's probably a big defining moment in that game, and they don't even make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, so there's just, it, it's indefensible. Like You can defend having Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson and these guys over Hurts, and that's fine. It's indefensible to have Matthew Stafford above Jalen Hurts, and anybody that sees that knows exactly what's happening. Uh, and so I just say support local content creators, the small podcasts, the Twitter accounts with a couple thousand followers or a couple hundred followers, the YouTube accounts. It doesn't take anything to follow somebody on Twitter. It takes nothing to subscribe to somebody on YouTube. Uh, find those, seek those guys out, retweet them. Uh, don't retweet the garbage. Let's make football discourse better this year. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where I actually didn't eat the trash right away. Like when the when the article went out this morning, Eagles fans reacted and I saw it and, um, you know, I kind of tabbed it away and talked about it with friends. But I didn't say anything until I saw Solak quote tweet it and promote it. And that's what upset me because it's like mm-hmm. we know what's going on here, man. Like you, you don't I, I don't know. It, it's upsetting to see someone who I have respect for kind of just promote it because bill simmons happens to also sign his checks too um so that was that was kind of the the disappointing aspect of that and like you said there's plenty of things on that list that i disagree with like dak overhurts is dumb um you know there there were some other there were a lot of things that i didn't like geno smith um was too low i thought i i know that they had justin fields like 26 and it's like what Justin Fields did last year is more impressive than what half of the quarterbacks have done in their career, just in terms of some of the things he was able to make happen. Um, so yeah, I, I just, that list was very stupid, but Stafford over Hertz made it obvious. Like you said, the quiet part out loud in terms of what you were doing. And it's going to look, it's, it's just going to age like milk because the Ram, the Rams are going to be terrible this year and the Eagles are going to be very good. And a big part of that is because Stafford's cooked and because Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate. Yeah, and my favorite part, and I pointed this out, was that this is all film-based, right? Yeah. At the end of the year last year, Matthew Stafford was 16th on that list, and he jumped to ninth, and he hasn't played a game since early November. So there was no film that changed that. He didn't play in the preseason. And that's It's just – it is what it is. And just spot it and avoid. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that is going to wrap this episode up. 
Uh, thank you guys for joining us for this episode of Chalk Talk. If you're not following the official Chalk Talk Twitter account, be sure you do that at Chalk Talk underscore NFL. We tweet out shorts from the show on that account throughout the week. We'll be putting up uh, these graphics throughout the week to let you guys vote on who you think is going to win each of those drafts and all that sort of stuff. So be sure you go check that out. You can also follow Mark and I on Twitter. I'm at Shane Half NFL. He is at Mark Henry Jr. Underscore. Smash the subscribe button. Turn on notifications so you don't miss our next episode. Drop us five star rating and reviews wherever you tweet or wherever you tweet your podcast, wherever you stream your podcasts. We will catch you guys next week when we finally will get to recap a regular week of actual NFL football. I can't wait. We'll catch you guys next time.